Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. A salad doesn't need to necessarily have leafy greens. I mean, it can, but it can just be a bunch of chopped up things. I don't know if that is, you know, my conception coming from a Greek family where there's a whole category of salads that I specifically ask when I go to a certain Greek restaurant. like, this is the one without any lettuce, right? Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Welcome to our mini summer season. Is How's it mini? summer? I don't know. It's six episodes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, compared to the like, 28 we do on the regular season, um, right. I guess it's you're right. It's kind of relative. Also, it is kind of relative. It's only a, a marker for us as parents, I think. Like you will always say that there's seasons of a year. I know I say there's, oh, we're in a season of parenting. You do. And that can mean <laughs> that can mean anything. But you have like a very distinct way that you look at the school year as a parent where you're like, this is the time of year where it's like crazy with camps and travel. And so it's different from the rest of the year. And then there's like the back to school season as a parent. So we're kind of breaking, didn't I just feed you up like that, aren't we? Yeah, I would say that's exactly right because I cook differently in these different chunks of the year. So that's the way I talk about seasons. And also I cooked differently when my kids were your kids' ages, four and seven, than I do now with my boys being nine and 12, which is the way you speak about seasons. So- Seasons, I think it's appropriate. Season, 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 seasons. seasons. Which is a good time to tell you that our back to school season is coming very quickly. And if you're not already, you should subscribe. You can do it wherever you're listening right now or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Um, so you won't miss out on any of our brilliant back to school episodes. It's going to be good. We should actually like take a breath so you can do it right now. Subscribe. And hey, you know what? Why don't you rate and review too. I think you can even do it while you're listening. <laughs> you totally can. Right? Ask me how I know. <laughs> I've rated and reviewed, didn't I just feed you? <laughs> I 
also have become a better rater and reviewer of other podcasts because now I really get how much it means to the podcasters. Yeah. Well, admit it. When you're on Amazon and you're buying something, the like second thing you do is scroll down and look at the reviews of the product. And it's the same thing that people do when they discover a new podcast. They go to reviews to see like, is this great or is it crap? And I, we think Didn't I Just Feed You is pretty great. And they're yeah. like- 35 other people who have written words about how great it is. Yes. And one person who wrote one not nice thing. <laughs> but even that wasn't that bad. It's true. And you said 35, but I think you mean 135. Well, those are ratings. Oh. So actual 35 comments. I got it. You were talking about the comments. you can read about what yes. Didn't I Just Feed You is all about and why people love it. There are 35 of those. Okay, guys, let's make it a competition. By the time this episode airs, <laughs> can we make it 45? Let's I go. I bet we can. I bet we can. We'll I ask we our can. awesome listeners in our listeners group, too, which uh, we recently updated the password there. So if you want to join, you can find us on Facebook as Didn't I Just Feed You? And then you'll see the groups on our page, our group on our page. And the secret password is either whiskey or painkiller or <laughs> honestly, just answer anything. Yeah, really? I mean, in. we'll just let you in. Come on. Just take the time to answer. <laughs> Please, please, people, a little effort. I know it's summer and we're tired uh, we're all and tired. hot, which actually brings us to today's topic. Yes. No cook meals. No cook meals and not just salads, though we are going to talk a bit about salads. Yeah, I think it's actually really important to talk about salads because I think people have a hard time conceptualizing how to make a salad, a meal that is hearty, filling, makes everybody happy, and like is genuinely satisfying. And so we will talk about that. But I don't know. Megan, do you do a lot of no-cook meals? Uh, yes. Okay, so talk to me. <laughs> what? T- tell me. Tell me. Like, what are your go-to no-cook meals? Oh, my gosh. That's such a great question that I don't know that I've formulated an answer to. Okay. So we started on Kitchen like a year ago, this idea of miracle meals, which maybe are not no-cook meals, but maybe they're low-cook meals where like we do we do lettuce wraps a lot in the summer where it's kind of just like grating or chopping veggies and then I might brown some ground beef or ground turkey or whatever ground pork depending on what's at the market and then we'll have that in lettuce wraps yeah um so like that's like maybe 10 minutes of actual like heating up the stove cooking Or I've really started to shift to doing more meal prep and making like bean salads using canned beans where I don't even have to like cook a pot of beans or can't or beans that I've frozen, um, which we have a whole episode about free what we stock in our freezers. So you can listen to that about how both Stacey and I make beans and freeze them for future use. So I find myself like on the weekends making hearty grain and bean salads that we also turn into dinner Later in the week, hummus bowls, which we also have a whole episode about, are a great no-cook meal or low-cook if you want to, like, grill some chicken or brown some beef or something else to go on your hummus bowls. And then we do – we eat a lot of salads, which people often seem surprised by. And I get the question all, like – Oh, how do you get your kids to eat salad? Yes, that is like, I swear that's a top five question. I think so, which we'll talk about. And like, but it's kind of like our veggies episode where we had kid friendly meals on and we were kind of like, the answer is like, you make them taste good. Yes, (laughs) totally. You make salads taste awesome and your kids will eat them. Totally. But we do have some other tips up our sleeves. So so keep listening. I want to ask you about your favorite no-cook meals, because I know that you have a lot to say, but I'm wondering if we should take a little break to share one of our favorite new podcasts. Yeah, let's do it. Because if you love Didn't I Just Feed You, we know that you'll love our friends Asha and Christine of the Edit Your Life podcast. We met both these moms. Well, you know them. I I met them at Mom 2.0, and they have so much great stuff to say about essentials you need and what you can do to have more awesome in your life. Yeah, they are two of the smartest, most thoughtful women I have met online. And I just, I love them. Asha's from Parent Hacks. Christine is from Boston Mamas. So they just have tons of 
tricks up their sleeve and just common sense advice. So let's hear from them. Well, hello there. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're the hosts of the Edit Your Life Show, a podcast where we help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we help you take action with doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Our show covers everything from parenting to food to work to home to self-care to finances to relationships through our own conversations and experiences, as well as expert interviews. To learn more about our show, head to edityourlifeshow.com, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Edit Your Life Show, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Stacey, give it to us. Tell us everything you want to tell us about No Cook Meals. Okay, so... Here's what I'm going to say about no-cook meals. I'm really glad that you brought up the idea or the concept of low-cook meals because I actually believe that most times when you click on that headline that says no-cook recipe, no-cook meal ideas, you're often getting low-cook meal ideas, which is great. It still works, especially if you're doing meal prep, which by the way, Megan, I have noticed that on your Instagram. Yeah. You are at Megan underscore Splawn on Instagram. And you are at Stacey Billis on yeah. Instagram. We should talk about this, the the titling thing though. Can we for a minute, can we like food editor nerd out about yeah, it? Totally. Because it is such a funny thing where like we know that like most no cook meals actually involve some yes. small little bit of cooking, even if it's like microwaving something or yep. boiling some water. Yep. Yet no one clicks on a headline that's like low cook. Yes, totally. It's super weird. And also there's other weird um, titling conventions that we use in food writing like dump dinners. Have you ever heard that expression? Uh, I know, but that is disgusting. (laughs) That sounds so gross. But people love that. We use that as a title and people love it. It's like when you just dump things into the slow cooker. Yeah. Okay. So that, I consider that a low cook meal. Yes. Yes. Right. But you're so right. I mean, it's not SEO friendly. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, it's search engine optimization. And Megan and I have to think about it way too much. Like every day. (laughs) But, you know, we're trying to make sure that you guys find what you're looking for. So for us, we really have to think about what you're plugging into Google when you're looking for something. So if you're going to type in no cook meal, but you're not really processing or thinking about, you know, cooking beans in your instant pot on Monday and having them to use in a grain salad on Wednesday, if that to you is a no cook meal, which I think to most people it is, that's how they process it when they're moving quickly. We call it a no cook meal just so you can find our idea, even though technically it's not. But this whole thing at one point had me backlashing and I was like, you know, I'm tired of it. I'm going to come up with some ideas that are genuinely no cook. We want those. Tell us, Stacey. So our hummus bowls episode is a great example of something that you can make, you know, from scratch, low cook, or you can literally buy the rotisserie chicken at the store. You can buy the hummus at the store. You can buy a chopped salad or just chop it. Chopping is not cooking. I'm going to say that. Chopping is not cooking. Okay. We're talking about heat, applying heat. (laughs) Heating Um, up your tiny kitchen. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. I'm trying not to do that in July. Yeah. So that you can turn the hummus bowl into a no cook meal pretty easily using supermarket shortcuts. Cost a little more. I will say that like pound for pound. Very true. But anyway, yogurt, nut, fresh fruit, parfait, anything like that. I think that's a totally acceptable no cook dinner, especially if you're using plain Greek yogurt. That reminds me, I have a brilliant friend who regularly does smoothies for dinner, like smoothies and and bread. I'm like, I forget about that, but my kids get super stoked about, and it's just another breakfast for dinner if you think about it. A hundred percent. It's no cook. Okay. I love the idea of yogurt bowls, which you could make savory too if you really wanted to, right? Oh, totally. Like if you think about tzatziki, you know, using yogurt as, you know, putting in some lemon juice, cucumber, dry dill from your spice cabinet or fresh if you have it, or even some herbs from your garden. I mean, I am not a gardener. I have the, like, I'm terrible with plants. (laughs) 
But even I have a little basil plant on my deck, right? And then, you know, top it with like chickpeas, have some pita bread, you know, leftovers, roasted vegetables, but there you go again. So I'm going to go back to just no cook meals. Yeah. Because even if you have leftovers, at some point you have cooked. Yes. Peanut butter, banana sandwiches. Oh, hey. Like ode to the sandwich. Yeah. Because you can make so many hearty sandwiches. And the point at dinner, I think what I'm trying to get at with these ideas is that at dinner, you want some carb to fill you up. You want protein. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally you want vegetables, but like pull out the baby carrots. Yeah. You know, with a sandwich. And sometimes guess what people, you can skip a meal of with vegetables. Like it's, it's allowed. I was going to say, it's like the time of year when the vet- when vegetables are their best. So like some halved cherry tomatoes yes. or cucumber slices with a little salt and maybe some rice wine vinegar on them. Like yeah. that is totally an acceptable vegetable side dish. Yes, totally. I love a good tomato cheese and pickle sandwich. Wait, what? Uh, tomato cheese. I grew up on tomato and mayonnaise. Well, I should yes. say, I didn't grow up on it because I hated mayonnaise as a kid. But when I moved to the South and I discovered Duke's mayonnaise, it's literally like white bread, mayonnaise, and slices of really good yeah. tomatoes. And so good. But with pickles and cheese, like oh, cheddar yeah. cheese. A cheddar, like a nice sharp cheddar. <gasps> I a want summer that right now. tomato and then pickles, dill pickles. Mm. So freaking delicious. Yes, Stacey. And there you go. There's some veggie, carb, protein. (laughs) Also, you could do that like same kind of a veggie sandwich where you do hummus between pieces of bread and then sliced vegetables. That would be an excellent dinner. Yeah. I mean, like a falafel sandwich without the falafel. Just put in more hummus and more veggies. And you can even drain a can of, drain and rinse a can of chickpeas and throw those in there too. It's yeah. it's approximately falafel-ish. Yeah. Or even, <laughs> I was going to say, you should, if you smash them a little bit, maybe with a little olive oil and some salt and pepper, then they stay on the sandwich a little easier, depending on what kind of bread you're using. Totally. And buy yeah, some that's like store-bought. Minimal effort. Yeah. And also if you buy some store-bought tabbouleh, and throw it in there too. It really will approximate a falafel sandwich. Yes. Deli meat on a cob salad. And we're getting into salad territory, but there you go. Yep. So I just think that, I guess if people want to think in categories, I would say breakfast for dinner. Think of your healthier no-cook breakfasts. Think of sandwiches. Think of store-bought salads and dips and using them as a base. Think of canned beans I don't know. Those are sort of the categories that hit the marks for me. Yeah. Bowls. Like I think that sort of crosses the line from like salad to bean salad. But like you can buy a lot of pre-cooked grains and you can use those to make sort of no-cook salads that are really easy. Also, I want to just add that I feel like cereal is a totally acceptable summer meal for dinner. Uh, that's also no cook. Yeah. And I will say that we do cereal on plain Greek yogurt if yeah. we're doing it for oh, dinner. So like Cocoa Krispies <laughs> or, you know, we love those mom's best. Yes. The, their, you know, chocolatey rice cereal. And we put that over Greek yogurt with fruit. So good. Pretty damn delicious. And then your <laughs> kids think that you're like the best parent. We're having cereal for breakfast or for dinner. Oh my God. Okay. So let's talk about salads. Okay. Let's. And then I also want to talk about those low cook meals because I do think that they count for a lot of people. Yeah. But let's stick with no cook and talk salad because this is like a big one for people. Yes. Okay. I'm not sure where to start. I want to jump off your idea of like doing a cob salad from deli meats. And yeah. and I think when a lot of people hear you say deli meats, they think like cold cut slices. Yeah. At a lot of deli counters, you can get grilled chicken and you could totally turn that into salads. Um, and things like hard, you can get like, things like hard boiled eggs pre-cooked at the grocery store. Um, so you really can make very hearty salads with lots of protein without actually cooking anything. Yeah. And smoked salmon is another thing that comes packaged. It can be a little pricey. I will say that. Yeah. But if you just get some wild Alaskan smoked salmon and tear it up and put it in, that's also, it has a great smoky flavor. It adds a little texture, you know, a nice like 
even a sour cream dressing is delicious with smoked salmon. Yes. Um, That is a great protein too. That's no cook. And you hit two points on the head about salads and how we both get our kids to eat salads, which are flavor and texture. Yes. I will say that we are in a little, I will say we're in a little bit different season, Stacey. Are you guys tired of me saying we're in a different season? <laughs> no. Um, with our kids where they're they're younger. And so a lot of what salads look like when we as parents are having salads and we're serving them to the kids is their salads are a little more deconstructed. We call them finger salads, which just means that they can eat all the little pieces with their fingers or with their hands instead of like with a fork. Side note, nine and 12 year olds still eat their food with fingers too. Yes. Right. Disgusting. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, you're 12. Pick up a fork. I know, but but isn't there something very like animal? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know either. It's a whole other episode, honestly. So we should, we should do salad. a whole episode about how tweens eat. That would probably uh, be hysterical. Uh, yeah, I think we yeah, should actually. We will. Okay. okay. <laughs> finger salads. Also, also, I feel like Bon Appetit magazine tried to make finger salads a thing a few years ago, and the internet was not having it. We should find it. We're just oh like, my god, that's finger hilarious. Caesar. But it's their whole take was like, it's a great, it's great for parties. Like you put out this platter of things, which I'm like, that's crudite, you guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> And like dressing. Oh my God. But for our kids, a finger salad might be like all the things oh that God, you would put on hilarious. top of a salad. And then um, the greens, which for kids, we do a lot of like hearty, crispy greens, mostly romaine and some iceberg because Ella had iceberg at school this year. And now she thinks she loves it, which has like zero nutritional yeah, it's, value it's and water. zero flavor. But like if, you're gonna, <laughs> if it's going to get you to eat vegetables, I am here for it. Um, so then we and then we serve the dressing on the side in a little bowl. So they can dip all of the veg like chopped and sliced veggies and the greens in the dressing. Yeah. I also think that it's important to sometimes think beyond the leafy green. <laughs> a salad doesn't need to necessarily have leafy greens. I mean, it can, but it can just be a bunch of chopped up things. I don't know if that is, you know, my conception coming from a Greek family where there's a whole category of salads that I specifically ask when I go to a certain Greek restaurants, like this is the one without any lettuce, right? You know, cause it's just chopped cucumber, tomato. You can throw chickpeas, you can throw eggs on top, but a lot of times with younger kids or even with older kids, if you haven't been giving them salads for a while, the leafy green is the texture that they don't like most. But if you just put up chopped up vegetables in front of them, they're much more likely to give it a go, to give it a AKA try. chopped salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that's a whole category of salads. And honestly, for meal prep, those are the best salads. You know, I'm working on taking care of myself this summer. Yes. And that includes eating more, lots more vegetables. And so I will make exactly that salad you're describing on Sunday during meal prep, which is like have cherry tomatoes, chopped cucumbers, a can of chickpeas. Maybe I'm throwing in red pepper and red, a finely diced red onion. And then that like sits in the fridge and it gets a little dressing of like olive oil and red wine vinegar and some other herbs. Um, it gets better as it sits in the fridge. And so that's like a really easy, you can make a yes. big batch and eat it throughout the week. And again, it can be eaten as a finger salad too. Yeah. And then also if your kids don't mind leafy greens and you don't, or you get tired of chopped salads, you can also skip the traditional lettuces and think about fennel as the base. Mm. You know, I have a mandolin, which makes root raw root vegetables a really easy base. So it's not quite the season, but parsnips, I don't know, even like radishes, like throwing in a bunch of that stuff gives you a little bit of that leafy texture, but it doesn't have to be the primary thing, the base of it all. Also, cabbage is really great for that. Oh, Red we eat tons of cabbage. cabbage. Yeah. Because um, it's like crunchy, but also you're getting all that fiber and helps make a salad more filling. And sometimes we do like a mix of cabbage and a hearty green, like a romaine yeah. for salads. Yeah. I want to go over a few other 
like really quick salad tips. Like I want to fire through them. Do it. Okay. So I think it's really important to think about fruit and salad and everybody's like crazy about like strawberries in their salad. And actually I don't love that, but you know, that's something to consider. I really like citrus in my salad because to me, citrus isn't sweet. And also you can cut up the segments and then take what's left of just the pith and the rind and just squeeze it. And that can be the acid or one part of your dressing, not the only acid. It's not quite acidic enough for a good dressing. That's such a great tip to pull out because that's something that I do instinctually, but I never think to like pull it out and say, this is what you should be doing. Yes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's great for grapefruit and orange in particular. Put something spicy in your salad, like hot peppers, like sliced pickled peppers. You know, you can put that on the side. You don't have to toss it in the salad so that your kids' mouths are on fire. <laughs> but once you serve them, but pickled chilies, pickled cucumbers, pickled red onion, all taste delicious in salads. I also think like putting some grilled veggies now that it's summer. You can even grill your lettuce. I know that's something you do. Yeah. I love, like you just take a romaine, a romaine head and have it and stick it on the grill. It's so delicious. And then you can let it cool. So it, it doesn't like you get the smoky flavor of the grill without actually like eating warm lettuce, which sometimes can be weird. Yeah. Although I will say on kitchen, there's this, it's, oh, I can't remember who wrote the recipe, but there's this like hot beef and romaine. This is not a no cook meal. But there are applications. I'm just trying to get to this point. There are applications where warming up your greens is delicious. Yeah, right? And if you're doing it on the grill, I do think it counts as low cook, um, depending on your setup, right? Yes. Fresh herbs. Like if you've eaten a lot of Middle Eastern food, putting in whole big leaves Mm -hmm. of parsley, you know, you're used to that. You don't even think twice, but people don't think of putting that into their leafy green salad. Parsley, cilantro, basil, especially in the summer, big pieces of chive. Instead of cutting your chive in tiny pieces, do in like half inch length piece, which is, you know, a little bit bigger. It isn't that tiny chop that gives great flavor. And then also toppings like going beyond the store-bought crouton. Those work, but again, this is going into the low cook territory, toasting panko breadcrumbs. Yes. I love toasting shallots Mm. and I've experimented for the, my upcoming cookbook. I experimented with a bunch of different ways of doing it where I toss some with flour And honestly, you don't have to do that. You can just chop a shallot really finely, throw it into oil while it's still cold in a pot, put the heat on low and give it like 15 minutes with a couple of stirs. And over time, it will turn golden brown. Then you use a slotted spoon to pull it out, let it dry on a paper towel lined plate. And those will stay good in a sealed container for like two weeks. And you can just throw them on salads. I think a shallot is really underrated. And that sounds so delicious. And I am never going to do that. Really? Oh, it's my <laughs> favorite. I just love this brand. I think it's Lars oh. of like crispy onions. It's not the French's crispy onions, um, but that's something I keep on hand year round for putting on salads. And it's like that crunchy and onion flavor. And we will link to that in the show notes. Yes. Great. I, I love do think a that's really hack. smart. And maybe it's just like I'm in that, like my kids are younger. And so like a lot of effort for something that they totally might not eat. Although Brian loves a crispy shallot and oh, he would be so all over that. I love it too. But you, Such a good, but you have a store-bought solution. It works. Yeah. 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 Okay. More toppings. I, am, I can't wait to talk about cheese. Oh yeah. So cheese, I'm going to say one more and then I want oh, you yeah, to talk yeah. about cheese. Like any, go into the international aisle of your grocery store and look for like gomasio, which is a Japanese, like sesame seed, seaweed, like spice blend. Um, but there's a whole bunch like sesame salt or any kind of like crispy salt, sesame seed topping is really nice too. Nuts. Toasted nuts, nuts, toasted and chopped. Also, potato chips. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, cheese crackers, like Cheez-Its or Annie's Cheddar Bunnies. Throw that shit in a salad. Oh, my God. (laughs) Genius. Uh, Yeah, so I never buy croutons, but I love all these ideas of, like, crunchy toppings because they deliver on that texture thing that a salad needs. It needs crunchy bits in it, and then it also needs, like, some creamy and cool bits. Yeah. Which is a good opportunity to talk about 
cheese. You know how we feel about cheese. <laughs> cheese me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you had other toppings, Stacey. I don't want to cut off. No, go. Cheese. Okay. I'm not going to stop you. Okay. We eat a ton of feta cheese in the summer. It's just like my go-to because it is creamy and tangy and briny. It delivers a ton of flavor and texture with zero effort. Ryan loves blue cheese, and so we do that often, but the kids are not that into it. I think if you're going to put other cheeses on top of a salad, they need to either be like cubed or grated, like no big cheese pieces, please. Yeah. (laughs) Even though we love cheese, but you have to get like that distribution of your toppings in with all the greens too, I think. So you get a little bit in every bite. Shaved Parmesan or even like Manchego. Other semi-dry cheeses are great to be shaved, like with your vegetable peeler. Yep. On salads. Ricotta salada. Ooh, ricotta salada is a good one. And it tastes great with like um, melons. So it's good with watermelon, with Mm. cantaloupe. Uh, Something I saw recently, cantaloupe. And it was, oh, like thinly julienned, like just cut on a bias, basically, I think is what it was. Like real thin sugar snap peas, which are in season right now with ricotta salada. And that was it. That was the salad. No leafy green or anything. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Avocado as another creamy option. I feel like we didn't talk about that, but doing that with cantaloupe and like some salty cheese would be amazing too. What other cheeses, Stacey, do you keep on hand for salads? We do a lot of fresh ricotta, ricotta salada, feta cheese, definitely. You know we're Greek. Sometimes I do fontina. Mm. Um, but it's a little strong for my kids. Yeah. And Oliver doesn't love strong cheeses. So even like a super sharp cheddar is not his thing, but I've started crumbling it. You know, when it's so sharp, it just breaks off and crumbles. I've been doing that in um, salads too sometimes just to get him more acclimated to like a sharper cheese flavor. I love that. I I had a friend, a mom friend here in Boise recently tell me that when she met her husband, he said he didn't like cheese, but it turns out he had grown up his whole life on like American cheese slices and his mind was blown the first time he had like a sharp cheddar cheese. Yeah. And now he's a full blown cheese head. Delicious. Yeah. I, I, sharp cheddar is one of my favorites, especially for salads. Also mozzarella. We didn't talk about. It's like the time of year for fresh mozzarella and burrata cheeses, which are like super creamy and you can serve on like a super simple side salad or with tomatoes. Um, I have one quick fun tip about salads too for kids is thinking about the color of salads, especially right now in summer when you're going to get really beautiful produce and you have a huge variety of choices, but like a watermelon tomato salad is all red you know, and then you can cube up some cheese too, if you want in there, but, um, that can look really beautiful and be really striking cantaloupe with roasted tomatoes. And, you know, even if you want to turn it into a panzanella, which we didn't talk about taking <gasps> stale bread, we didn't talk about panzanella, That's right? one of my favorites. Yeah. Yes. And like pulling that sterile bread apart, throwing it in the oven. So it gets a little croutony. But that will give you like a beautiful, like red, orange kind of monochrome salad. You can throw mango in there. Green salads without lettuce, honeydew, avocado, uh, cucumber, mint, gorgeous. And it's all green. So if you have little ones who are like into, you know, colors like radicchio is beautiful. You can get it in red or pink and that goes well with watermelon because it's so bitter. You get that nice, like refreshing bite of sweet, watery watermelon. So that's also a fun way to think about it. I think that's so fun and so smart. And a great way to introduce new fruits and vegetables to your kids too. Like they're all in the same color family. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm, that was I'm trying not to say I love it. I know. <laughs> I love it. I say it all the time. I cannot stop. All the time, like in real life. Oh. I also say it. Okay. So I, f- I want to talk really quickly I know. about vinaigrettes because I know. I was just about to say we haven't touched about dressings yet. And I think it's important because we can move away from salads. Obviously, dressing is important for salad. But going back to our conversation on no-cook meals or low-cook meals, if you've cooked beans ahead of time, grains ahead of time, then vinaigrettes and having delicious sauces on hand also make no-cook meals really easy. I think they're essential. 
it's, it comes back to that idea of like, how do you make something taste good without applying heat to it? And dressings, vinaigrettes, or whether you're making like a creamy dressing are the way to do it and also involve no cooking. So tell us about your favorite vinaigrette. Do you have like a ratio? There's some debate about what the correct ratio of oil to vinegar is. Yeah. So I definitely have a go-to recipe that I will link to. I don't know it off the top of my head because to be honest, I don't use it myself. And I've even said this in posts and in share social shares. <laughs> I'm like, I really don't think you need a recipe to do this because I do think that it's very, very much a matter of taste. Yes. But what I do like to do When I have time, and you can definitely skip this step altogether and still end up with a delicious vinaigrette, but I like to macerate shallot or onion or garlic a little bit first. So I'll chop whatever it is really, really fine. And then I'll cover with whatever vinegar I'm going to use. And actually, I think that two acids can really add a nice dynamic to your vinegar that people don't think about. You, you know, when you have a dressing, they're like, oh, what is this? Yeah. It's Sometimes it's, it's a combo. It's, yes, exactly. I also want to add that this like priming the onions or soaking the onions is a brilliant tip if you want to put raw onions on top of your salad. Yeah. Too. And you don't have to soak them in vinegar. You can rinse them or soak them in cold water before you put them on a salad. And it takes some of that sharp bite out of things like red onions and shallots. And I think this is important, especially if you're feeding kids. It is a very like chefy note, but actually, you know, kids will be like spicy and you cut that kind of dramatically, to be honest, yeah. when you macerate you, your onion. You know how like Stacy can be really extra and I can be really lazy. I think that is a step worth doing. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. And honestly, like if you do it first and then you prep all your other veggies, like it's, it's, you don't even think about it. Like it's they true. just need 10 minutes in a bowl of cold water. It's so easy. Yeah. So then I'll, you know, I'll have the vinegar and the shallots there. And then I kind of eyeball, a, I like a little bit more oil. I won't go as so far as to say two thirds and one third, two thirds oil, one third vinegar, but I, and it also depends on the acid you're using. That's why I hate these rules because some are really sharp and you don't need as much vinegar and others like, you know, if you don't, if your dressing doesn't have a nice like acid tang to it to counterbalance the veggies, your salad, your grains, especially because they're so earthy will not be as delicious. Right. So that's why I also put in a squeeze of Dijon mustard usually. Which also helps emulsify the dressing, which means like keep it together, at, like bring the oil and vinegar together. Yeah. And I love creamy dressings, but usually I'll just add a dollop of Greek yogurt because it's just there and I'll just shake that up and just add it into my basic go-to dressing. But you are the ranch queen and I want you to talk to us about creamy dressings <laughs> because I actually think that elevates, a sal- especially a summer salad, a really yeah. great creamy dressing. Let's talk a little more about vinaigrettes, though, because I think we should just kind of shout out some flavor combinations. Like our house dressing is a maple mustard vinaigrette. So like a heavy amount of Dijon mustard. We use maple syrup to sweeten it, apple cider vinegar, and then sometimes like a splash of sherry vinegar to get that double note of acid. And um, sometimes I put garlic in it. Sometimes I don't. But that's kind of like our everyday vinaigrette that we just keep in the house, but you can use other oils besides olive oil, which I think we both agree is like one of our favorite bases. But if you want to add like a teaspoon of sesame oil, you add this other flavor dimension. And you've talked about the like garlic oil. Yes. I think in season one. Yep. Totally. It was when Isaac was on FODMAP. Yes. As a great way to flavor your vinaigrettes without doing like adding any effort on your part. Like you're not even chopping garlic. We like from a friend just got a bunch of chive blossoms and I covered those with red wine vinegar. And now we have this like chive blossom vinegar that we're adding to dressings. Super simple vinaigrettes. And vinegars are a great thing to keep in your pantry because they never go bad and they add a ton of flavor. So like we just slowly collect different different vinegars, not just balsamic, not just apple cider, but sherry vinegars, um, other types of wine vinegars. And using them in a combination, just like you said, makes for a more dynamic vinaigrette. 
Sherry vinegar is one of my favorites. It That's really my is go-to. so good and so underrated. And sometimes you can just use vinegar as a dressing if you're doing a super simple, yeah. just like chopped cucumber and red onion. So yeah, I just wanted to, do you have any like favorite flavor combinations you want to touch I'm on? Like a very, our go-to is a very like classic French style where I use sherry vinegar. Sometimes I put in apple cider vinegar. Sometimes I put in lemon vinegar if I'm doing mm. something more, I mean, not lemon vinegar, sorry, just fresh lemon juice is what yes. I meant. If I want to do something a little bit more like Greek or Mediterranean leaning with the macerated shallots and a tiny bit of Dijon mustard. Yeah. And then <laughs> I was going to say that I I used to do honey or maple syrup. Then I skipped putting in anything sweet altogether because it just kind of changes with my mood. And lately I've been doing a little spoonful of jam, usually like a light colored jam, like an orange jam or a peach jam for that hint of sweetness and to balance the flavors. Wait, can I tell you that you have a really great um, vegan jam company in Brooklyn? This is a random, like I know Ashley who owns Trade Street Jam through my sister-in-law. They worked in a restaurant together in North Carolina, and now she's in Brooklyn. And she makes these awesome vegan jams, and they're super smooth because they are vegan. Like, they don't have a a thickener. Yep. And they're awesome for adding to salad dressings and also mixing into cocktails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's or a you great do, suggestion. Um, flavored honey. Like, you know how you can get yes. hot honey or um, why am I blinking on different hot flavors honey of honey? is genius. In your vinaigrette. Yeah. For like so a tiny good. bit of spice and like a corn salad. I yes. bet that would be real yummy. Okay. Creamy dressings. I just make a lot of ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> so do you mix your, like, I usually mix for any creamy dressing because I know this is typical for ranch, but like a dairy based creamy element and mayonnaise. Like I don't like it to be all mayonnaise. I don't like it to be all, I have to admit, I usually use sour cream. Yeah. Sour cream or Greek yogurt yeah. are my go-tos. I, well, we've talked about this before. Now I can't remember in what episode. Uh, nachos. Nachos. Okay. Cause I like don't <laughs> I keep, I don't really keep sour cream on hand. So I'm more often doing like two-thirds of Greek yogurt and a third of mayonnaise. <gasps> Megan, for- it makes me sad for your family. <laughs> you don't. I love sour Why cream though? so much. Like, I could eat for dinner, I could eat tortilla chips dipped in sour cream. Not, like, made into a dip. Yeah. Like, literally I, just sour cream. I hear you. And I do like sour cream, but I'm the only person in my family who eats it. And oh so, for me, gosh. it's just kind of like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to spend the money right. on it. You do you, Megan. <laughs> point here, Stacey? Yes. And didn't I just feed you? This must be a non-judgmental we are, zone. We are just doing And you us. are judging my lack <laughs> we are of doing sour us. cream. You, you were sad for me when I told you that I've never cooked a frozen chicken nugget. Yeah. We I get was. sad for each other, but, okay. but we love each sad other sad too. about my lack of sour cream. <laughs> there is a Bon Appetit recipe that came out, will have come out a couple weeks ago when this airs of, for a potato, a sour cream and onion potato salad that Ooh. I really want to try. And that might motivate me to buy some sour cream and keep okay. it on hand this summer. Which if we have sour cream in the house, I use that for my ranch. Okay. I fully admit to buying the packets of ranch seasoning and keeping that on hand for like really crazy nights when we need ranch and we need ranch. That sounds like (laughs) we're addicted to ranch, which we might be. Oh my God. Well, we I just need ranch. My I mean, kids will get, just everybody's eat going any crazy. vegetable in, with, with ranch dip. So, but you can. And actually, we have a really great recipe on Kitchen that my friend Patty wrote for, like, your, your a DIY ranch powder. So it's got, like, dried chives, garlic and onion powder, lots of black pepper, lots of other dried herbs in it. And I think there's, like, some dry milk powder or just dry milk in it in general. Um, and it was funny because when she was developing it, she's like, I just can't get it to taste like Hidden Valley. And I was like, the thing that you're missing is sugar. So that is like one of the negatives of those packages is that there is a lot of sugar in them. Making your own ranch powder is a way to control the sugar. And I want to just take a moment to be a food nerd here, because if this doesn't matter to you, then, uh, you know, do you, like we said, like if there's a shortcut 
that helps you make dinners at home more frequently, then the benefit is far greater than being really strict about not buying any shortcut that has this additive or that additive. But I will say that store-bought salad dressings tend to have a ton of crap added to them. And it's one of the things that, especially if you stick to one of our easy vinaigrettes that we just walked you through, it's so much healthier. It's often tastier, not always, but when it's not tastier, it's usually because there are enhancers that maybe you don't want to be eating on the regular. And there are great dressings now, but they are really expensive. Like that's the thing for me. I'm just like, damn, I'm not buying the Tessame ranch dressing. Exactly. That stuff is so expensive. It's so expensive when I probably already have 90% of the ingredients at home. And so the cost is just built into my regular grocery budget. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a little plug for making your own dressing because I think it makes a difference. But that can feel overwhelming. So I just want to add that like both of us are making like big batches of our dressing during meal prep. We are not making dressings every night. Oh, Oh, no, 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 honey. Mm-mm. Not no. doing that unless there's a ranch emergency. And <laughs> you're like, we need it. <laughs> but if you once a week make a dressing, like take a little time and make a dressing, you can you it lasts forever. Yeah, and you can use it um, throughout the week, and then you slowly build up. Where you're like, oh, I make maple mustard one week, and then the next week I'm making ranch, and then the next me- week I'm making like a sherry vinegar vinaigrette with um, Stacy's soaked onions in it. Like, then you have a bunch of flavors to choose from hanging out in your fridge. Um, and then you just have to take them out a little bit before you want to serve them so that they're not like coagulated. Is that the word I want to use? Yeah. Yeah. So they, Um, yeah. So they rest and the oil loosens. Yes. And it works great on grains. It works great on rice bowls. You know, it works great on if you want to poach chicken or put chicken in your instant pot at the beginning of the week and then have that on hand to throw into a salad or into a grain bowl, that dressing is going to be invaluable. Are there other sauces besides dressings that you make? Um, pesto we make a lot in yep. the summer. Great. And that's an easy Romanesco. <gasps> yeah, good one. Which like I don't necessarily use for salads, but I would put on a grain salad in a hot minute. Yeah. And for those people who don't know, Romanesco is like roasted red peppers, almonds, and usually there's like some breadcrumbs thrown into it. And it's like very creamy and very thick without any cream added to it. So good. You can do walnut. And did you just say that? No. I said almonds. Yeah. You can okay. Do walnuts almonds. And you can do walnuts Romanesco. too sometimes. I'll yes. use walnuts if that's what I have on hand. Tzatziki is another. Like, yes. it's just really just like yogurt and lemon juice and grated and um, squeezed dry cucumber. Yep. Love that. Such a good one. Pesto also, by the way, doesn't have to be basil based. I know that's what we're doing now because basil is so all over the place. That's a uh, how do you say the Genovese? Yes. Yes. I'm not, I'm butchering that. That's the kind of pesto it is. But also I like making a pesto out of sun-dried tomatoes and almonds sometimes. Mm -hmm. Parsley, cilantro. If you do a lot of Tex-Mex stuff. Um, Peanut sauce. I make peanut sauce a lot. Wait a second. I can't believe we didn't talk about chimichurri while we're talking about pesto. Yeah. Oh, my kids are obsessed. Tex-Mex. Because it is like parsley and cilantro and spiced and so, so good. Okay. And it's also great for any like South American cuisine. So grain bowls, quinoa bowls. And if you're cooking, you're throwing something on the grill, it turns a grilled chicken breast or a grilled steak into something that feels so special and delicious. Fancy. Yeah. Yes. Wow, we had a lot to say about no cooking. <laughs> I, know. I just remember when we got we got on and we're like, we're this is gonna be a short episode, 20, 30 minutes. Here we are <laughs> at 50 minutes geeking out about things you're not even cooking. You're just chopping or food processing. Yes. I love Hopefully it. It's helpful to people. They can get ideas. And of course, you're going on a little bit of a vacation, but both of us will share what we're cooking and eating right now on our in our personal Instagrams. You are at Stacy Billis and I'm at Megan underscore Splon. And together we are 
at didn't I just feed you on Instagram and on Facebook. Should we should we start a poll? Oh, hi, Stacey. Sorry. What? I'm going to jump in. I'm going to be you for, and say oh, one more good. thing. I actually have upstairs right now an experiment going on of like soaking pasta, dry pasta, instead of boiling it, <gasps> which I feel like I should post an update in our private listeners group. Yes. Because this might be a no-cook hack for having pasta in the summer. And if you need pasta ideas, we have a whole episode on that. We do. I, you know that I'm a big fan of cooking pasta ahead, which I count as a low cook meal option. Fair. We'll link to that. Uh, we'll link to the pasta episode so that you listen, but then also Yay. that to do is there. But yes, you have to update us on that. Okay. So that be genius. I'll do it in our listeners group, which uh, I've said at the top of the show, but as a reminder, the secret question answer is either whiskey or painkiller. And guys, you know what? While we're talking about other episodes, look at the Instant Pot. Listen, not look. Listen. <laughs> listen to the Instant listen. Pot episode and even the slow cooker episode. Because even though we're not big fans of the slow cooker, we both said that we use it more in the summertime. True. And also the Instant Pot is one of those kind of low cook meals, to be honest. It's dump. Dump meal. Dump it all in there. <laughs> Or cook your beans or your grains in there and then have it for the week. So you have no, you're cooking once, but then you're eating multiple times over the week and you haven't made your house hot as all hell. That's the most important thing, right? Seriously. Um, No, you know what is the most important thing? That you subscribe. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most important thing. Subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. We just love it so much. Makes us happy. (laughs) Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. I need another snack. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes and subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding families. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.